Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Enlighten Me podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and you are currently listening to the Year in Review Part 2 episode. So in case you don't know, every year I invite my personal favorite guest on the show to recap the year that was with me. That guest is my husband, Justin. As you'll hear in the show, he's one of my best friends, I'm not saying who's first, and one of the most thoughtful and intentional people I know. That's why I always enjoy this time with him to reflect on the year that was and look ahead to the year that is to come. In today's episode, we're talking about what we're looking forward to in 2021, habits that we started last year that we plan to keep up, and some things we're loving lately like personal hygiene products, movies, and podcasts, and books, and all sorts of other stuff. This episode has plenty of serious parts and plenty of laughs along the way too. One thing that you will for sure hear in this episode is me laughing at my husband a lot because, like I said, he's so thoughtful and sometimes just so corny. He can't help it. We used to joke about the daily cheese he would give. That was our expression for the at least once a day really sweet, thoughtful, and somewhat corny thing he would say to me. So you'll get a great taste of that here. I absolutely love him for it, and I think you will too. In case you missed part one, go back and listen to that first. Part one of our year interview episode aired last week, and we spent a lot more time recapping 2020 and some of our personal goals as we enter the new year. But if you're all caught up and ready for part two, here you go. The links to my website and everything else that we reference are in the show notes. Don't forget about subscribing, leaving a review, leaving a rating, all that good stuff. And without further ado, here is the 2020 year in review part two episode with Justin. All right. Next question, this one comes from Amy, is what are the top two things you're looking forward to in 2021? Now, I'm very excited to answer this question because I do feel like it hits home based on some of the conversations we've been having this weekend, certainly. But I had a a thought hit me in the midst of it. We're surrounded by these beautiful homes and a lot of the area around here, at least where we're at, is some like retirement communities, retirement homes, or maybe not all of them are that. Maybe they're just, you know, second homes for people or I don't know, just beautiful homes. And I was thinking to myself, man, this is like an ideal place for so many people to want to retire. And I'm just thinking to our lives and it's like, man, so many people have this desire of, man, if I could just get to this point, that point, if I could get to retirement and have this or that, then I'm finally going to be happy. And I just had this very real, genuine, authentic moment that was like, man, like I enjoy the here and now and who I'm with and how I get to live my life and who I get to spend it with. And so it just made me think as I pondered this question that I'm most excited about taking on 2021 with my squad, um, with McKinsey, with Baker, and this family that we have. And then the second part of that is I'm really excited to add uh, another little one to that squad and get to do life with this little boy or girl. But yeah, it just made me think like I'm not the type of person that's waiting for the what next or if I could just get to this point then I'm going to be happy. And believe me, I don't always see it this way. And I can definitely have moments of weakness but like I just feel so blessed where I'm at in life and who I get to spend it with and how I get to spend it Mm. well that's sweet that's much nicer than my answer (laughs) well let's hear it I'm ready so I mean yes also having a baby obviously I have to say that but for the sake of being different and saying something else 
Well, I feel like a lot of us are, like, kind of tiptoeing into 2021. Like, we don't want to set the bar too high because who knows what's going to happen. So we don't want to get too lofty with our plans. And that's how I feel. Like, I'm trying not to plan too much because I don't want to have to cancel these plans. But, fingers crossed, and I hope I'm not jinxing anything here, but I am supposed to have two really good friends get married this summer slash fall. And I'm really, really excited for that. One of them will be back home for me in Washington, and I'm just really excited to go home. It's funny because I would say every year that we've been married, for the most part, we've gone back home at least once, and this was actually the first year that I didn't go back for Christmas. I have never not been at home for Christmas, but we did Christmas at our own house, and that was actually really nice, and part of it too is I'm way more excited to be home in the summer than in the winter just because summers are so so nice in Washington and in the Pacific Northwest in general and we've talked about doing like a big trip like kind of going to see a lot of people like spending time with all our friends and family out there and we even have friends in Portland who we want to go see and in Cali oh yeah in California and kind of just up and down the coast to we're like, let's, let's like make a big deal out of this and, you know, do it big and then get to go to the wedding. And yeah, so I'm really excited about that possibility of a trip. But again, <laughs> cautiously optimistic about it. And then, yeah, another one of my good friends is getting married in October and she was a COVID bride. So she had to postpone her wedding from last year. But uh, yeah, we'll get to do her bachelorette party and her wedding this summer and fall. And, and that's cool because it's in Illinois. So we get to go back home for you and see some of your family, and then celebrate those times. So, yeah, it's just um, exciting events, but also it'll be nice to just go back and be home with family because we've missed out on that, especially me. We've missed out on that this year, so I'm excited about that. I do like that you call it home because even though we've created a (laughs) home of our own, there is just something special about yeah. Where you were born and raised. And Especially when your parents still live there. Like, for me, my dad's the only one left in Washington, but it's f- because of that it feels like home, where I feel like if he ever moves, then it's like, oh, man, now my parents aren't here. Like, is this home anymore? I don't know. That, that pun hit intended you? hits home for me because, yeah, my parents just sold my childhood home yeah. in Illinois. And so, yeah, we'll have that home to go back to. Uh, we're excited for them. Shout out mom and dad. In fact, we can even dive into that question. Uh, a Submitted special listener asked. <laughs> I was just going to say a special listener, but yes, my, my mother. Uh, <laughs> she asked, how will it be having your in-laws close by? And uh, I want you to get both of our takes, mom, and all you listeners. Uh, we're not going to be 100% honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're just going to sugarcoat it. Um, no, we are thoroughly excited not just for the free child care uh, <laughs> but to get to do life with them and spend that quality time keep going back to quality time but like we got a taste of that in the midst of covid they came a number of different times and we got to enjoy you know them loving on baker and seeing him grow but also us getting to spend time together as family and uh, it was just really sweet time and so i'm excited to have more of that and consistently but i'm honestly most excited for them to step into this new season of life yeah this journey of them being able to be retired and to travel and to do the things they want to do when they want to do them and uh, not just uh, spoil grandbabies but get to enjoy uh, life and 
Yeah, and I mean, I think there will be, like, good parts and there will be hard parts of just navigating that because we've never lived in the same city as your parents. I mean, obviously, you lived in their house up until college, but that was over 10 years ago for you, so it's been a long time, and I've never lived in the same city as them, so there will probably be some relationship navigating and whatnot for both of us, but I think, yeah, overall, I think it'll be really good, and and something... (laughs) We didn't even mention this. We not only get free childcare, but we have another dog sitter. How big is that? That's right. Their first grandchild, their <laughs> grandpup. All right. So this is a fun question, kind of looking back on the year. But did you start any new habits this year that are good for the earth? Well, yes, I did, Mrs. Heartfelt Hippie. I became an avid cyclist, so much so that I regularly bike to work so as to <laughs> uh, decrease fuel emissions. And when I say bike to work, I mean I ride the stationary bike in my garage and take a break in between working. (laughs) So, yeah, that's really the main one. Unfortunately, I don't have a great answer to that question. (laughs) Uh, I really saw it as not just good for the earth and that it's a hobby that that isn't really detrimental. I got the stationary bike. That's it. I can get great workouts out of it. But I see it as most impactful for my personal well-being and that no longer running as much and therefore uh, less impact on my knees that can really get in a good cardio workout and do so efficiently just popping in and out of my garage well you're not driving to the gym so you're reducing your carbon footprint and you rescued that stationary bike from the side of the road so i did i did so way to go second hand on that one you're right it was a steal of the deal online find yeah totally so, I thought calling yourself an avid cyclist, that's that's a strong word choice there. <laughs> Can you be an avid cyclist if you regularly ride a stationary bike? I don't know. Can I you? mean, you don't have to make me Lance Armstrong over here, but I'm logging <laughs> some miles, yo. I even have my cutesy little biker shorts that's that true. I wear with the cushion on the groin areas that's a lifesaver. Because I started <laughs> into my avid cycling passion just going guns blazing and it was painful early on yeah Yeah. and uh, i've wised up with time now that i've truly become an avid cyclist okay all right well way to go well i started one that is definitely good for the earth and that is making my own hand sanitizer which you also appreciate yes personal favorite is the cinnamon scented version that you make it is strong aggressive (laughs) but smells good every time we use it people are like what is that cinnamon? <laughs> <laughs> My nostrils just lit up on fire. Yeah, yeah, that's cinnamon, people. It, no, it actually smells really good. I mean, it smells like Christmas time, which is fun. It's the germ germ buster blend from Plant Therapy Essential Oils. But anyways, making my own hand sanitizer. Uh, total, total credit to Catherine on this one who came to visit us this summer. She bought like the little amber glass bottles to make it in and literally it's so easy. Like if I had known how easy it was years ago, I would have been doing this the whole time. And I consider this something that's good for the earth because one, I'm trying to protect the people from the COVID, but for two, I'm reducing plastic waste because almost all hand sanitizers come in a little plastic bottle. And I just think about, even though they're only a dollar or two dollars or three dollars or whatever, every time you buy one, then you just have to toss it or try to recycle it and then buy a new one. And 
yeah, this is just so much more efficient because I can just refill it every time with rubbing alcohol and a couple other extra ingredients. So I'm going to even make a tutorial of how to do it and post it online because it's so easy and I think everyone should do it. But it's one of my new favorite things to do. I think this is so easy and I don't know why I wasn't doing this from the beginning. And it saves us money. And I have been a huge beneficiary of your efforts there because I... Apparently, like to bathe myself <laughs> you, in hand sanitizer. You go through hand sanitizer so fast, like it it can make me angry sometimes. I'm like, I swear, I just filled that bottle up, and how is it empty already? Because you like, uh, like <laughs> touch a door handle, hand sanitizer. Which I get, but you do it so excessively. Like you'll get gas and you get out of the car and press the buttons and start the gas hand sanitizer then you sit there and then you get out of the car and then you put the gas thing back and then hand sanitizer and then like oh and I paid so let me hand sanitize my credit card and I just feel like you could simplify this process by just waiting and doing hand sanitizer once at the very end rather than using a ton of it I don't know. I tend to go with the uh, better safe than sorry approach and just let it rain. <laughs> Hand sanitizer. Oh, man. And this isn't just COVID. This is just you being a germaphobe. Well, our next question <laughs> is uh, best eco-ethical brands from drugstores. So eco-friendly or ethical brands from drugstores. And this question is from Krisha, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. It could be Chrissia. And I'm so sorry, but I do know this. It's a beautiful name. Yes, she runs... I've never heard it said. I've only seen it written. But she runs Cherry Tree Finery on Instagram or on Etsy. I think you can find it there. It's beautiful jewelry. She was in our Ethical Holiday gift guide. So check her out. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, though. Um, But I like this question. And I think it's actually kind of hard to find eco-friendly brands in our drugstores. Like, I... I feel like there's just a lot of plastic waste going on in the drugstore. But I thought of a couple that I would recommend. One of them, and this is kind of for the moms and dads listening, but is Zarbies, which is a all-natural immune support line for children. So it's like they have like cough syrup and chest rub and that kind of stuff for like colds and immune support. But it's made with really clean and safe ingredients. Like they use elderberry syrup and honey and all this good stuff and it tastes really good my kid likes it but yeah it's just some a product that I actually trust and that the doctor would recommend and it's a small family-owned business and I know they're very mindful about where they source their ingredients from so I do feel like it's ethical in that sense it does come in plastic but I mean I think most medicines are going to so but that's one that I've really liked and then another one I would recommend is the brand everyone which is Uh, They have all kinds of personal care products, but I particularly like their lotion. And you can find that in a lot of drugstores. They sell really big bottles of lotion, and it's for your hands, your face, your whole body. But yeah, it's a good brand. Another one that's very safe and toxin-free that I trust, which those can be hard to find with lotion. But um, I think it's one of the cleaner ones that you can find, and it's plant-based, it's cruelty-free, so that's another good one that I recommend. Yeah, so our avid year-in-review listeners will maybe catch on to the fact that I really love me some toothpaste, apparently, because (laughs) I am eager to plug my latest uh, toothpaste fad, and that is Hello Toothpaste. 
Uh, you can find it in most drugstores. Or even the grocery store. Yeah, here, there, and everywhere. But there is no artificial flavors, dyes. It's never been animal tested. The tubes are BPA-free. Uh, it is. Um, it, it actually tastes good. I had some <laughs> challenges with my last toothpaste. It was it was efficient. What was it called? Uncle Henry's or Uncle, Uncle Henry's, Henry's it, which I still use because it comes in a jar. So I think that's more eco friendly. But Justin can't. And I respect it. all users, but yeah, it was just a little too much for me, especially breaking the mold from what had been my entire life, just being a crest user, but I really encourage you guys, if you want to take a step in the right direction, start using Hello uh, toothpaste. Tastes great, good for you. It's also sodium laurel sulfate free, which if you listen to the episode about non-toxic living, you remember talking about that. So that's one thing that I look for. I actually bought it originally for Baker because we started brushing his teeth and I knew he would only want to use something that tasted sweet, then, you know, I decided Justin also needed that. (laughs) And I'm all the better for it. Listener Amy asks, Do you remember the last time you guys had a belly laugh, and what was it over? Well, Amy, it's funny you should ask that, because during this adventure of a weekend, I've had a number of belly laughs, and one that I'd like to bring to your attention revolves something we referenced earlier in this episode when we talked about our efforts to uh, try to incorporate, (laughs) and I'm going to mess it up even as we say it, um, a phones over, no, I'm already (laughs) messing it up, Uh, a family Family over over funds. funds. (laughs) Wow. Family over phones. Okay, thank you. And this is only further proving my point and that it was a true belly laugh moment when we originally said allowed together basically phones over fun was what we first said <laughs> That's not we were what we way said. off you and then at one point you in time you kept saying family over fun That's yeah, what you family kept over fun okay which yeah was not what we're going for and then at one point in time McKinsey <laughs> got a little confused with her greater than sign and it ended up being written out as phones greater than family which was really the complete opposite of the direction we were and trying I to actually, go. And I actually wrote fun the first time, remember? I put uh, fun over. See, fun. it's confusing even in the moment, but fun it made over for family. a great belly laugh. So that's the one that's freshest in my mind. How about uh, you? Okay, see, I, thought, I was thinking like a belly laugh is like one where you're like crying over it, like crying laughing. So I was trying to think of the last thing, which I mean, that happens for us a lot, but I'm trying to remember what sticks in my mind. I mean, this was like probably a month or two ago. We have a Marco Polo with our small group. There's eight of us on there. And we had been out in a restaurant together and someone, you can't see, but I'm pointing my finger over here. Someone was having some flatulence issues that were really sinking up the whole restaurant. And I kept looking at him like, oh my gosh, stop. Like, this is bad. Why do all and- of these weird <laughs> reviews come back to my flatulence in some way, shape, or form? Because is it's it a that constant prevalent? theme oh, in our life. But so anyways, later on the Marco Polo, you got on the, you got on the Marco Polo and said like, uh, guys, I'm really sorry for all my gas. And I don't know, you just had this funny like apology and everybody's re- collective responses 
I was crying laughing watching them. Like, one of our friends, Shanika, was like, oh my gosh, Justin, like, you need to get that checked out. (laughs) And she was like, there are things you can take, like, you can, you can insert things, like, there are things that you can do about it. And then Shanika's husband got on there and he's like, don't, don't insert anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was just... It was so funny. I was laughing. I was crying laughing watching everybody's responses. Yeah. So the next question is also from Amy. She asked, who's your best friend? This one has set up written all over it. Oh, and I didn't write this down, but she also said, if you get this wrong, there will be consequences. Oh, so. wow. Well, I'm going to go ahead and put all the pressure on you <laughs> and lead by saying this, Amy. I got some awesome bros some dudes that are in my corner and speak life into me and encourage me. But Amy, I gotta say, ever since, really even before I put a ring on it, this gal's been my best friend. And there's really no denying it in just the way that we interact and team up and do life together and good, the bad, the ugly. She's who I want by my side. And I feel like that's the true definition of a best friend Um, and I know that's the cliche answer coming from a husband is to say his wife but you probably shouldn't marry someone unless they're your best friend and I lucked out in being able to do just that wow you're so nice okay I didn't write that down but I agree you're my (laughs) oh but then you're gonna still say Amy Um, I mean, obviously, you're my best friend, mm-hmm. but, like, for the... Cop-out answer. <laughs> for the sake of the question, I was going to say, I have so many good friends and multiple people that I call my best friend, and you're definitely one of them, and there are some other gal pals that I just love dearly, but Amy's, like, the OG. Like, I mean, we've been friends for a long time, longer than I've been friends with you. But. Started from the bottom, <laughs> now you're here. That's right. So, Okay, next question is one I always love in the year in review, and that is, what podcast episode sticks out most in your mind from the year that was? I mean, we're, you're three years into this now. That really Almost, hit home yeah. for me. Yeah, so there's a lot of great episodes, but speaking specifically to the 2020 episodes, it says episode. I, of course, have to say a couple, uh, <laughs> but... Really love Parenting Through Foster Care and Adoption with Lindsay Walder. We just absolutely love the Walders, selfishly, as a whole. But Lindsay's just complete transparency and realness and genuineness as it pertained to their foster and adoption stories and just uh, what they walk through in that uh, just made it really easy to connect with and to hear her heart and to be encouraged by. And so... Love revisiting those episodes. And then some brand new content that came out in 2020 that couldn't have been more timely is our guy Chris Singleton speaking mm-hmm. into racial reconciliation. I don't know if there's anyone better on the planet to be able to speak into that just because he's made it his life's life work and mission. And he's someone who's just been so deeply impacted by it through the loss of his mother through a, a racial motivated crime and her murder and just to see all the ways that he is going above and beyond to not just here locally in the Charleston area but around the globe seek to carry forth this mission of loving your neighbor 
and trying to uh, ultimately unify gets people is just incredible and i love seeing you bring out the emms i think some <laughs> you know bite-sized content has been awesome to see in 2020 an episode that comes to mind is the chewing gum episode which you and i yeah. had a number of personal conversations about <laughs> but to really see you peel back those layers in a brief episode and to just make lovingly but uh kind of glaringly clear that yeah not not cool to be chewing on plastic rubber <laughs> dye so yeah tons of great content awesome stuff uh you weren't afraid to talk about tough topics tough issues well thank you i appreciate that and normally I would do the same thing where I would like go look at all the episodes from the year and like pick out my top five favorite ones because it's so hard to pick just one. But I really did try to just pick one that's in my mind without looking at all of them. And the one with Chris did come up, but I think the one that just sticks out to me the most because of what I learned personally from it is the episode I did about non-toxic living with Sandy and Callie from No Talks Life, which is a store that I buy from a lot. But yeah, that was just really, really educational for me, and I feel like it changed the way that I shop and the way that I view goods and the way that I just, the, just the way that I look at everything that we're consuming, whether it's food or healthcare products or whatever it is, everything we're bringing into our home, and I feel very, like, protective over over that because I know now what the risk is and what the cost is and yeah I just feel very I feel much more empowered as a consumer because of that episode and it's one that I think everybody should hear um, especially because of the ways that cancer and infertility are continually on the rise it seems like so yeah that was that's probably the one that sticks out in my mind the most that's good what is the most impactful book you've read this year? Well, I only finished one book this year. <laughs> and Little Women? Yes. <laughs> Which I talked about in the last year in review, how I was starting it. Now, to her credit, it was a thick book. It is a big book, yeah. I, did, I finished it during, during pandemic stuff, and that was a great book. But I wouldn't say it's the most impactful. I did start two really good books, and... I haven't finished them, but I can just tell they're going to be really impactful. One is Jesus Feminist. So for anybody who is a Christian or, you know, sort of identifies with the Christian faith in any way, especially women, I think should read this book. And I actually had a podcast episode about faith and feminism, which was really, really good. And a lot of those ideas are kind of shown in this book. And I just think it's really good. So that one's by Sarah Bessie. And then I also started Shepherding a Child's Heart, and that's been a really great parenting resource for me, and I think it's the one that I'm going to revisit. I I, bought, I borrowed it from the library at first, and then I ended up just buying it because I was like, I think I just need to have this on standby all the time as like my, my parenting handbook. So that one's by Ted Tripp, I believe. So those are both really good. Awesome. Mine was... The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, yeah, um, which I felt like was really timely for me in that you know, I was kind of forced to slow down a little bit due to COVID right. um, as far as some of the regular go, go, go. But this gives just incredible insight in what it looks like to not just do that, but do that well. 
I think it really helped to guide me and what it looks like to have regular rhythms of not just trying to run the rat race and go from one thing to the next, but really soaking in life and looking to make the most of it. Um, he was just really easy to connect with and how he ultimately wrote that book. You just felt like you were talking to a friend and it really drew you in to be like, man, these things aren't overly ambitious or too much to think that we can actually accomplish to take these measures to slow down and ultimately get the rest, the solitude, have the focus that we need in order to do this life well. So I would recommend that to anyone and everyone. And that was interesting just to hear you talk about after you read it and how kind of like hurry, I don't remember like the direct quote or anything, but you talked about how hurry is an enemy almost like it, it it's something that our culture values so much like hustle and you know get the work done and it's like actually the desire to hurry so much is really harmful to us right yeah I mean it's it's limiting creativity I mean we're just constantly looking from one thing to the next and uh, not just trying to do that but to try try to do that in a way that's multifaceted and you know, as we're multitasking and, and trying to do a million things at once, and yet all the while we're missing out on the creativity of what is just our minds as human beings, being able to soak in the moment, think, and in turn be able to act with focus and uh, be able to do this life well. That even reminds me of what we've talked about with phones, of how, like, when we, when we use our phones to replace our boredom, like the act of just sitting and being bored... It's like you are taking away the ability to maybe be a great writer or an artist or something really creative like that because we're filling any time that we would spend doodling or thinking or whatever with a phone. So it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, we're constantly looking to fill space and go, 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 do, 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 and not just be and find rest. Yeah, he just does a great job of pointing us to the source of that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, what about something you've seen or listened to recently that you think everybody should hear? Oh, I have a great one, and I, I'm just really excited for it to make its premiere, hopefully out to the world, but it's actually a project that I've been working on personally, and um, it's titled um, Baker's First Year <laughs> Video. Oh my gosh. Uh, so I've been going back through different clips throughout his first year of life, and trying to blend them together in a way that he can look back and see, we can all see his growth in that first year. And it's been pretty time consuming, I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. And uh, the biggest challenge has probably been the cutting and editing floor, because it's just really hard for this parent, this doting parent, to uh, say that this video of him looking super cute uh, shouldn't be in, whereas this video <laughs> should. And so it's led us to this point, full disclosure, uh, where I'm uh, at six months in to that first year and 75 minutes of content. <laughs> so I'm going to have to break it down a little bit further, but I can't wait for it to be launched out into the world. I'm sure everyone's going to want to see it, and I'm sure it's no doubt going to win an Oscar. Um, but it is Baker's first year video project that I've been working on. Which I love that you're doing, but we also have kind of looked at it and said, like, we probably don't need to take as many pictures and videos. And I feel like any parent could relate. It's like, when I look back at pictures of my childhood, I'm glad that my parents took them, 
But if they had 2,000 of them, I would be like, this is too much. I'm not looking at all these. So I think what we've said, like, with some of our phone use, we don't want to be like, well, we have to have our phone because we need the camera. It's like, we probably could cut back on the pictures a little bit and not have the camera in his but face I'm gonna all the time. But going to miss that moment, that special moment. And it's like, well, there's lots of those, ultimately, yeah. end of the day. And the moments that we think are special aren't always as special as they seem. Yeah. <laughs> They're special to us because we love these little ones. And that's why you should enjoy it in the moment rather than getting a picture That's of right, it. and be fully present. But there is some really good stuff in that yeah. video that the world should see. <laughs> we'll still enjoy it. Okay, well, I was going to say the podcast for fun because this is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, and you even enjoy it sometimes. They recently did their bachelor contestant preview episode which is always fun they do if you pay to be on their patreon page you can get all their bachelor recap episodes and they're just they're just funny even if you don't care about pop culture they're just funny people so i laugh out loud multiple times listening to their episodes but on a more serious note i was gonna say this the social dilemma which is a documentary that came out a couple months back and we watched it. We both loved it. We told everybody, like, you got to watch this. I think it does a good job of highlighting phone addiction, screen addiction, setting boundaries with your screen time, and even addressing some of the misinformation and political divisiveness that we've seen this year. And yeah, it was just really interesting. And I think we all need to be aware of this because ultimately phone companies, social media companies, all of these are just trying to make money off of us. Like, And so we need to be aware of how we can protect ourselves, essentially, because they're not doing it ethically for the most part. And so we got to we gotta look out for ourselves. And we also watched that movie about, um, about Edward Snowden. And even that was really interesting. Like, after watching The Social Dilemma and then watching that and just thinking about, like, all the information we give online and yeah i don't know it's just crazy things that people need to be aware of yeah no one wants to be a puppet and i think it's eye-opening that we're probably that in more ways than we'd like to be based on how we're controlled by social media yeah absolutely all right the last question is a brand or product you are loving lately when i thought of this question i immediately thought of the quarantiners out there <laughs> Quarantiners Unite, uh, let me give you a bit of encouragement today. Uh, there's some really fun things that you can do to think outside the box and enjoy even some isolation. And so for us, we ran into this group virtual game through Jackbox. It's called Quiblash. Quiplash. Quiplash with a P. <laughs> and uh, we've had so much fun with that in, with my family, with different friend groups. You basically get a subscription and you have full access to play with up to eight contestants. But then I even saw online like up to 10,000 people can chime in and like offer their votes. And yeah, it's just it's completely custom. You can type in your own answers to the questions they provide and make it personal and just have a lot of fun with it. It can be as appropriate or inappropriate as you wish with it and just have a bunch of fun. And we've had a ton of that playing that game in particular. And then a new one that we just heard about more recently is Cahoots, which I guess has been sweeping the educational circuit for quite some time now. Teacher friends of ours have been using it uh, to engage with their students, but we played it with 
uh, some family the other night and we were able to customize it and I mean you can explain it better you brought it together that particular night but these games are just so awesome to be able to do virtually and still have fun and build community with large groups of people yeah we so the quiplash one is a already made game whereas a kahoot you have to make yourself to do like a quiz or something so we did a quiz about like family trivia or christmas trivia and we've also done jeopardy too which jeopardylab.com or jeopardy labs i think is what it's called you can make a free jeopardy game so we've done that with my family too so yeah we found a lot of fun ways to play together virtually yeah so you can keep the fun in home with uh, your immediate crew or you can even connect with people around the globe but there's a ton of options for us even in the midst of quarantine totally okay the brand or product that i'm loving lately i'm gonna say what you got me for my birthday which is a chemex coffee machine and you know i get why it's all the rage and why they've been around for so long i love it it does make just better coffee it's just delicious and yeah i mean you can keep it hot on the stove there's no electricity required in that sense uh i mean you do have to heat up the water on the stove so for that you use electricity but i can occasionally make a fire for you in the backyard and <laughs> steam it up yeah you right. can really do it all natural if you want to but no it's it's just been really good coffee and it's fun and it's pretty it's aesthetically pleasing and i also got a coffee sock which is a reusable coffee filter and they design them for multiple types of machines, but they have some that specifically fit the Chemex, and I just love it. It's really good coffee. I wish I could vouch for that, but I haven't had a chance to try the Chemex yet because it's only been decaf coffee going through it, uh, and you know me, I need my caffeinated beverages. Someday you'll get to try it. Don't worry. Someday. Especially with, uh, we've been adding some... Silk has a brand of dairy-free eggnog that's been delicious. We were doing that around the holidays. Mm-mm-mm. Just having some really good coffee lately. So. Yeah, you even got me that creamer with mushrooms in it uh, <laughs> that is surprisingly decent. <laughs> Thank you, Whole Foods, for the weird dairy-free option, okay? All right, well, that wraps up all the questions for our year in review. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us, Justin, and share about 2020 and 2021 with us. Thanks so much, Mrs. Heartfelt Hippie. It is always a pleasure to be on the show, but even more so to just to spend some time with you. Okay, that's nice and corny. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. And thanks for all you do in providing quality content to us all. Well, you are welcome. I appreciate that. Before everybody goes, don't forget about subscribing so that you know when the next episode is available. This 2021, I have a lot of great content planned. We have interviews about immigration. We have interviews about homelessness, interviews about mindful traveling, and lots of eco-friendly stuff like cloth diapers and vegan eating and all kinds of good stuff coming. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes. And also don't forget about leaving a rating and a review, okay? I say this a lot, but it helps people to find the show, helps me to give away more money, which I love to do. So please leave a rating and a review. I know I have to say it because 
It even took my own husband like a solid year to leave me a rating and a review. So I know it's going to take everybody else a lot longer. So please make sure you do it. Well, that was more technical difficulty <laughs> than a desire. But mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. Yeah. And if you do have technical difficulties, there are instructions on how to do it on my website. So check that out. You can view the links to everything that we referenced today in the show notes, as well as all the links with how to connect with me and how to find my website. So take a look at those. And yeah, thanks for listening. It's been fun. It's been fun. And peace out, 2020. <laughs> peace out. I'll be